Welcome to St James, a Scottish Episcopal Church in Leith. This podcast is an edited recording from our Sunday morning service held on November 5th, 2023. For news and information, and to find out how to join us, please visit stjamesleith.org.uk. Wonderful, a very warm welcome to everybody this morning. Uh, I see some faces that we haven't seen in a while, and it's lovely to have you with us. One or two people. <laughs> Marie Louise over there. <laughs> and also, of course, a, a very warm welcome to everybody who was with us on Zoom. And um, we've, yeah, thanks. Give everybody a wave. Uh, Janet in Whitby, and Louise in Barcelona. And I'm just going for the furthest of those who are for, uh, Kaz, Kaz, where are you? Oh, she's down at the bottom. <laughs> um, and, and Judy in Oxford. Uh, Ralph, where are you? Uh, I'm in Serbia, yeah. Serbia, Serbia, yeah. So, of, of course... <laughs> in a cupboard <laughs> and Sally and of course Ray who's had a nasty accident and so hasn't been able to come and join us for a while <laughs> anyway let's just quieten our hearts for the moment a warm welcome to everybody and especially our visitors uh, Richard's going to light the candle and we'll listen to the singing bowl with nature in its power and beauty, with the rain and the wind and the sunshine, with the ancient rocks and the budding flower, we, we gather in the remains of God. With believers and seekers the whole world wide, with people in every land and speakers of every language, with the angels and the saints in heaven and with all who have worshiped in this place, with Jesus who promised his presence and the spirit who showers her blessings. Here, let heaven and earth embrace. Here, may people, God's people find home. Amen. Amen. Would you stand for our first song? So, of course, today we celebrate all souls. Sorry. For all the saints. I think we all know this one. Let's sing it out with uh, robust and happy voices.
as we come to what's described as a time of confession, it's difficult to know quite how to respond sometimes, isn't it? But all we need to know, what you and I need to know, is that God is looking at each one of us and his love is there for each one of us. So we can just be at peace and say, trusting in God's forgiveness, let us in silence confess our failings and acknowledge our part in the pain of the world. And God says to each of us, come home to yourselves and to each other. May all that is unfree in you be released and may you blossom into a future graced with love. Amen. Would you like to sit? <clears throat> and let's collect our hearts together and say this prayer. God, God of, of holiness, holiness, your glory is proclaimed in every, in every age, age as we rejoice, rejoice in the faith in of your saints. Inspire us to follow their example with boldness and joy through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And I'm going to hand over to Robert for the psalm.
As it was at the, the beginning, is now, is now and shall, shall be forever. Amen. First readings from Revelation chapter 7, starting at verse 9. After this, I looked, and there was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, robed in white with palm branches in their hands. They cried out in a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God, who is seated on the throne, and to the Lamb. And all the angels stood around the throne, and around the elders, and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, singing, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honour and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders addressed me, saying, who are these robed in white, and where have they come from? I said to him, Sir, you are the one that knows. Then he said to me, These are they who have come out of the great ordeal. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. For this reason, they are before the throne of God and worship him day and night within his temple. And the one who is seated on the throne will shelter them. They will hunger no more and thirst no more. The sun will not strike them, nor any scorching heat. For the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd and he will guide them to springs of the water of life, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Thanks be to God. According to Matthew, chapter 5, and verse 1. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain. And after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak 
and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is the gospel. Good news for all. Praise to you, O Christ. Let us pray. <clears throat> Loving God, we thank you that as we celebrate all saints today, that you are a God who have been with your people and with all people throughout the ages. And we give thanks for those present day saints who work in areas of conflict and attempt to bring humanitarian aid and peace with justice in those areas. So open our hearts, touch our hearts with your heart. Amen. So I'm going to start with a story I heard by Tom Wright, the Bishop of Durham. And as he told it, I realized that the exact same situation had happened to me when I was an English teacher. And uh, I had a parents' evening, and one of the parents was very concerned about their child, their English language uh, work. So I did a few um, sort of lunchtime tutorials. And in one of them, I said, uh, in some, I was trying to explain something. I said, in some languages, a double negative means a negative. And then I said, in some languages, a double negative can mean a positive. But in all languages, a double positive means a double positive. There is absolutely no language in which a double positive may mean a negative. And you know what he said? He went, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, if you have teenage children, you know that yeah, yeah, yeah actually means no, I'm just going to say yeah, yeah to keep you happy and uh, move on. Exactly. And so I think, for me, the Beatitudes uh, kind of receive this yeah, yeah treatment. You know, blessed are the poor, blessed are the meek, blessed are the persecuted, 
Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the peacemakers. Yeah, yeah. How could anyone be that virtuous in the cut and thrust of this world? It, it, just, it just wouldn't work. We'd end up being a doormat. We'd end up being vulnerable to the forces around us. And instead, we need to be assertive. We need to be strong. We need to be proactive. And at times, we need to be ruthless in order to get along in our world. But I don't believe uh, that Jesus in the Beatitudes is actually giving us a list of virtues to live by, as many preachers will suggest. Instead, the context is that he is announcing the dawning of God's kingdom, where God is in charge, a kingdom at odds with the harsh rule of the world around him, where Roman uh, rule ran on fear and condemned many to lives of desperate poverty and servitude. So the Beatitudes are a description of this new kingdom that is arriving in and with Jesus. It is a state in which even the most unlikely may receive the gift of divine blessedness and become a light to all the world. In other words, the Beatitudes are in fact pronouncements of grace, of dignity, and above all, hope to those who have little or no hope, to those who appear on the fringes of society, for those who live in ways that the world considers weak or considers unproductive or unsuccessful. The Beatitudes offer grace, dignity, and hope, even if you are spiritually empty, if you're poor in spirit, even if you're overwhelmed by the sadness of life, those who mourn and are bereaved, even if you are the kind of person who doesn't stand up for yourself or assert your rights, the meek, even if you are fed up and broken by injustice, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, even if your heart is soft, generous and open, and you are seen as naive and easily taken advantage of. Even if you are concerned with doing the right thing and others consider you a prude, uh, pure in heart. Even if you care about relationships and diffusing conflict, peacemakers. Even if your convictions and actions get you in trouble with those in power, the persecuted. In other words, in God's kingdom, there is no human situation that excludes us from being blessed in and by Jesus. The world and its evaluation of who wins and who loses will not have the final say. In Jesus, God has the last word. So in God's kingdom, you will receive blessing no matter how despised by the world no matter how unsuccessful or insignificant others may deem it. Nothing disqualifies anyone from God's grace, dignity, and love in Christ. So these pronouncements of grace are not only ra a radical challenge to the values of this world, where we see powerful, ar arrogant leaders and institutions trample on the poor, 
where injustice and misery is spreading and economic and political systems do serve an elite minority at the expense of the majority. But they are a message of hope to the vulnerable in the world and a rallying call that we do not have to live by the values of this world. These pronouncements of pure grace announce the breaking in of God's upside-down kingdom where the last shall be first and the first shall be last. And recently I heard an interview with an American priest who was asked if he, if he had the world's attention, it's a question I wonder um, if it, what each of us would say, if we had the world's attention for one minute, what would you say to the world and what Bible passage would uh, you choose to read to them? And after some thought, he said, at a time where there is so much wall building, whether it be on borders, between communities, or in our hearts and minds, I'd encourage people to be vulnerable. And he chose the Beatitudes, saying that they could be summarized as blessed are the vulnerable. Because, and then he went on and said, vulnerability enables connection, relationship, and community. It enables us to feel empathy as we let the pain of others in and it provides space for transformation. And I can't, can't really speak about the Beatitudes with, without referring to the Palestinian-Israeli conflict. And at the moment, I can think of no more vulnerable people than the Palestinians living in Gaza and the West Bank. And of course, there are others uh, around the world that we, we shouldn't forget. But I have heard uh, recently in conversations and on the media that the situation is complicated. And on one level, of course, the history of the, the region is supremely complicated. But I fear that this is potentially yet another way of us avoiding our responsibility. <clears throat> because on another level, a moral level, it seems quite straightforward to me. The Palestinian people in the West Bank and East Jerusalem are living and have been living within the context of a system of apartheid for a long, long time. Many not allowed to vote, not allowed to go into certain areas, enduring indignities at checkpoints, being forcibly removed from their homes, having to put up with constant harassment and checkpoints, all on the basis of ethnicity. And also Gaza has been under siege, creating terrible conditions for its inhabitants, even to the point where they're not even allowed to fish out of their waters. They're given a tiny bit of fishing, and there are Israeli gunboats stopping fishing further out, again causing um, issues of lack of food. And clearly, uh, Gaza, the, the conditions have been terrible. So emotive words like apartheid, open-air prison uh, are not out of place. They are words that have been used by people like Desmond Tutu, who visited Palestine and realized how similar the situation was uh, with South Africa, with Nelson Mandela. And I have to say many, many, many Jewish voices, some of whom are Holocaust survivors, including rabbis, who state unequivocally that what is happening is counter to the very heart of Judaism and what it means to be a Jew. 
And I think the lack of courage of many of our leaders who put money, seem to put money and power before people, the continued production of weapons at factories like Leonardo's in our own city, which facilitate the bombing, the collusion of the mainstream media in the framing of the conflict and the language used has exposed, for me, the moral bankruptcy and lack of humanity within our country and the West. And change will only come through the voice and action of the people, and I think it is coming, from grassroots campaigns and groups. And I think our response to this crisis is a litmus test to the health of our country and will not only impact the situation in Gaza, the West Bank and elsewhere in the world, for, as I said, we must not forget other areas of the world, but I also think it's a means of our own transformation, our own salvation and our own healing. All of us, if we really want to know the meaning of conversion and faith and community, must become poor in spirit, or at least make the cause of the poor, the vulnerable, the bereaved, the suffering, our own motivation. If we do this, we will experience faith and conversion. When our guts, as I said in the, in the Bible, compassion, when it uses the words compassion, literally it's, it's uh, um, translated as our guts are twisted and turned. When our guts are twisted and turned, when our heart breaks for the poor in spirit, when we hunger and thirst for righteousness, justice, and true peace, then we are open to God's transforming power. We will increasingly feel the need for, for, uh, for God to trust that God can bring life out of death, kindle hope in the darkness, and can sustain those who feel abandoned and forgotten. So I'm going to read those Beatitudes out again. Uh, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness and justice, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. And blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of God. And the response should not be, yeah, yeah, but amen, 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 amen. As we pray, uh, when I say amen, if you could respond with as many amens as you feel like. <clears throat> we pray for the peacemakers, those with big voices and those with little voices, those with wide influence and those with no apparent influence. Pray for the flag wavers, the marchers, the aid workers, the journalists and photographers, and those who merely go into the secret place and speak to the spirits, those who dance, who meditate, who chant, who walk for peace. 
We bless the peacemakers, great and small. Amen. The meek of this earth, and we pray against the arrogant and the flashy, the populists, the antichrists. We pray for the humble, the wise, the patient, the forgiving. We pray for the merciful who understand that in showing mercy they will receive mercy. We bless the meek and the merciful. Amen. We pray for those who hate unfairness and love justice. May their voices be raised above the clamor of the wealthy, the selfish, the prejudiced, the ignorant, the strong who do as they please. We pray for the weak who suffer under the jackboots. And we bless those who hunger after righteousness. Amen. We pray for those who right now are suffering persecution, the weak who are bullied and taken advantage of, the powerless, the weak, the innocent who suffer. We pray for and bless the persecuted. Amen. And we pray for the bereaved, of whom there are millions across the world, the world that itself appears to be dying. We pray for comfort and we pray for healing of the wounds caused by war and famine and the destruction of the planet. We mourn the damage that is being done in the name of God and profit and pride. We bear the weight, we take as much as we can, and when it is too much, as right now, we bring it to our own image of God, whatever that may be, saviour, sin-bearer, creator, father, mother, spirit. We mourn and we bless the mourners. Amen. And we pray for ourselves, the poor in spirit, the far from pure in heart, that God would make us larger, expand our hearts to love and be thankful. We ask for this blessing, for hearts of flesh in exchange for hearts of stone, for eyes to look out in exchange for eyes that look only inwards. Amen. Oh,
thanksgiving be to you God our creator for the gift of your son born in human flesh Christ is your holy wisdom existing beyond time present at creation through Christ you revealed yourself in the world and bring your saving work to its completion obedient to your will he died upon the cross and by your power you raised him from the dead he broke the bonds of evil and set your people free to be his body in this world. And on the night when he was given up to death, knowing that his hour had come, having loved his own, he loved them to the end. At supper with his disciples, he took bread and offered you thanks. He broke the bread and gave it to them, saying, Take, eat, this is my body, broken for you. And after supper, he took the cup, he offered you thanks, and he gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant. It is poured out for you and for all that sins may be forgiven. Do this in remembrance of me. The living bread is broken for the life of the world. Draw near with faith, receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood, which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith and thanksgiving. Oh 
loving God, we thank you for feeding us. And we ask that you would open our hearts to the suffering of others. Amen. Amen.